snap. Right. Welcome to Geek Chew, the official podcast of Emily Blunt. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that. Uh, where we talk do you about have more Emily Blunt information today? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so we talk about uh, pop culture, worldly pop culture. Uh, I'm Eamon. I'm Charlene. And today we're going to talk about Legion, the FX show. Um, A follow-up since yeah. we talked about it last week. Episodes last three week. and four. So the fifth episode should air tonight, but we're not going to talk about it because we haven't seen it. Oddly enough, we don't get screeners. Um, (laughs) We're also going to talk about Royal City, the new comic book by Jeff Lemire, and then uh, dive into Logan, which we saw last Friday. Yeah, opening night. Which was awesome. Um, Well, we don't even need to talk about it now because you already just said everything. It was fun and smart, (laughs) and I liked it. The, uh, I mean, first, I guess the biggest news that I saw this week, and I knew they were going to do something with the Inhumans, but, um, they announced like the full cast, Marvel Inhumans, you know, oh really? um, full cast and they gave a premiere date They're It's going to be a TV series and they're shooting the first two episodes in IMAX and they're going to release it in on one September, like in IMAX theaters. And then... What the, pop, uh, uh, who's what network? That's the ABC. Ah. It's a uh, twenty. That's either a six or an eight. It's twenty eight or six September. The uh, broadcast uh, debut is going to be on ABC. It's going to be an eight episode. That makes series. me so happy. Yeah, so who's in it? Pretty excited. I don't think it matters. Okay. <laughs> For anybody that interested, they could just IMDb it or something. I. Anson Mount is the only name that I remember because they made a big deal that they cast him as Black Bolt, but um, I just kind of skimmed through. His face who, looks familiar. Who wants to be the guy that can't ever talk? Anson Mount. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, so I was going over my notes and I'm like, why did I write down these trivia things? I think it's time to find like a new page of trivia. Um, oh, you're getting best. all your trivia from one source? Well, I told you. I mean, when I started <laughs> off, this one BuzzFeed page had like 64 trivia things. So I just picked out like the quote unquote best ones, but I think I'm running thin. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arkham Asylum from Batman uh, is named from the Arkham Sanitarium from the fictional town of Arkham, Massachusetts, which is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft invention. So, uh, there's a member of the Green Lantern Corps that is a sentient math equation. What? <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> um, and then Eminem once appeared in a Marvel comic. Uh, Punisher had to protect him from an assassin <laughs> hired by the Parents Music Council. <laughs> so, time to find a new page, maybe. I don't have trivia for you today. What? Um, that's crazy. (laughs) 
did you have anything before we jump in? We can start talking about Legion first. Um, I don't know. Are we not talking about other stuff we've done anymore? We're just doing the trivia? No, go for it. I, I talked about the Inhumans. I <laughs> binged the entire season of the Great British British Baking Show mm-hmm. um, that's on Hulu right now yesterday. I've heard good things. It's really a good competition show. Yeah. Like, um, there's no, like, snarkiness or meanness or whatever. They all, I don't know. It's really great. You should really watch it. Mm-hmm. Probably not gonna. Why? <laughs> it's hard enough to find time to watch the things we do watch. I found a lot of time yesterday. <laughs> it's good. Um, and Once Upon a Time is back. Yeah. And last night was Bachelor Night. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about Raven still being on and really not excited about Vanessa. Yeah, she's That's the worst. She's the worst. <laughs> what do you do, though? It's totally going to be her that wins, so uh, might as well just gird yourself, prepare. Well, just stop watching now. <laughs> so that way you can pretend it. Uh, There's no way. The way you There's want no way. That Vanessa's going to win? Yeah, because... Of, How much do you want to bet? Um, I don't have any Obviously money. not monetary. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you like to bet? You... Make dinner. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> for me, not for the kids. Um, you say that like I never make dinner, but anyway, fine. Let's talk about No, you kids. say that like I never make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it for yeah. for your uh, Yeah, see, it was those stuff. three things, and I then there the... was a... <laughs> nothing else. So we'll move from your blank bullet point to Legion. <laughs> uh, so... I spent the first part of my Sunday reading. So this kind of flies in the face of what I just said about finding time to watch the great British Bake Off, which is Breaking hard to say. Baking show. Baking <laughs> show. Right. Either way, I rewatched all four episodes of Legion on Sunday, um, which was fun. I, you know, I, I watched it in the morning with coffee, which and out really of order, helped. Which is weird. Really helped me. Um, but the first two episodes, good news, they're still great. Uh, I really like the dance sequence in the first episode. Oh, I already saw the first episode twice. In I know. Case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rehashing my Sunday experience. But uh, episodes three and four were both really good. Um, the show is um, uh, kind of just diving deeper into the whole um, secrets of the mind thing for the main character there, David Holler, and uh, kind of playing with what real and may not be real but i'm hoping the show because i really like the show i really like it so far and i don't have any problems with the way it's laid out but i don't want to feel stupid watching the show either <laughs> so i hope it's not um gonna get more like complex like it's at the right level right now like it start both of these episodes start with like a parable um which both of them narrated by um Gene Smart's husband, who actually is Jermaine Clement, the guy from Moana. and uh... I told you. <laughs> I was like, is that the guy from Flight of the Concords? And you were like, no. Okay. That's how I said, well, it might be. No, I you didn't... did not. You were like, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> the um... 
anyway, it is him. Uh, episode three starts with that parable about the, the crane, the, mm-hmm. the loom woman. And I think that kind of set further sets up the real versus not real um, theme that they play with throughout you know the next couple episodes, at least. I'm sure it'll continue through the season, but um, I don't know. The episode three, I think that's where they introduced that, that book, the world's angriest boy in the world. Um, um, yes. Which yes. is, um, you know, maybe the worst book to read to a child. <laughs> well, we don't but I think know. that's the point. Right. Yeah. And it's probably not a book that was actually read to him as a kid. Right. We don't know. I mean, um, it's, uh, the father remains this like mystery figure. So, I mean, it's, and what's interesting now is that Sydney is like seeing him. Right. Because they've gone into her or she's gone in to his um, and, like, pulled memory, out. but also, yeah, they also do this teleportation thing to not teleportation, but astral plane projection seems like, um, because the big thing is like his sister has been kidnapped by division three and you know, the school wants to train him and they don't have time to really do what they feel is necessary, but he's got all these safety measures up in his mind anyway. Yeah. So like, there's so it's a rush thing to whether, like, whether he is actually crazy and also has powers right. or if there's like, just like something else going on, they haven't figured out that's like. You know, yeah. workable, and that so that also feeds into like what is because she even Sydney even says like is it possible that we're like still in his mind because now she's seeing not only the monster with the yellow eyes but also that um, I don't know <laughs> it's not a mascot but <laughs> the figure from that angriest boy yeah, book the character with the weird huge paper mache head or whatever well it's made out of paper because he's from a paper book right. But creepy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. So one of the other things from, I think from that episode, which I guess we'll see how it plays out and if it figures prominently, but, you know, throughout the first three episodes, the the flashbacks, the childhood, that dog is pretty um, prominent. King. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what that means when they, when the sister eventually, you know, tells the therapist, like, yeah, that, that dog, we never had a dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. Episode four was, was really, really good too. It starts with episode three's parable was told with the husband's voice through the coffee machine. And this one is actually him in his, uh, I guess he's stuck in some astral plane. Um, yeah, in his yeah, giant I ice cube. What call it, but. <laughs> um, the the parable on that one is his, um, you know, the different stories we tell tr- children, and the two different themes is either empathy or fear. Um, and then he goes into this. The episode's going to be this five act play, and see, see when they say when they say stuff like that, and they tell you like this is the point basically of this play or of this show of this particular episode. And then you're like, okay, well I'll just believe them because I don't like necessarily see a five act structure play out in front of me. Uh, or even really that empathy versus fear 
theme. I don't know. Um, you don't? I mean, I feel like but, Sydney, there's like a lot of that like empathy and fear. And then like with all the other characters around. Yeah. Okay. See David. And then also, you know, David too, like he's empathetic and also afraid. Like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you know, he wants to get to his sister. He wants to get back to, but he's like afraid of like all this stuff going on. He doesn't really know what's real. What's not real. I guess I do see the empathy versus fear, especially, you know, when, when you say it out loud, um, <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, just in the greater context of the show, how everything's going to play out and the perception of self versus actual self that they talk about when they're doing all that, uh, memory work, uh, what David's memory allows them to see or has replaced certain things with. And that gets to Aubrey Plaza's character at the end of the show, by the end of the fourth episode is like, um, way out there, right? A little bit. Yeah. I just put Aubrey Plaza equals WTF. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, there's something. so many confusing things or mysterious things about yeah. what's going on with her. So, and, and then the, the doctor that David had gone to see and what was on those tapes, the one time he might've said too much. And that repeating question of what did the stars say? Um, which harkens back to, you know, his supposed memories of childhood and his, and then the girlfriend and they find out from her memory, like they go to that place from her memory. So we're not sure what's going on with that either. Right. Um, the, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the the interstitched like kind of finale of the episode where um, there's all these different fight scenes and events, you know, playing out together um, was, I don't know. It's just all, it's all really good. The soundtrack really is pretty beautiful good. beautiful too. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What I find really interesting <laughs> just on a, like outside of the show is I'm not finding it like difficult to follow this show, like in the way that you're, maybe I'm just thinking about it different, but um, I I don't know why. Cause typically like you watch something and like get it. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And you have to like, I think so. I don't know. I, I mean, I just feel like this is not, I'm not struggling to like, I don't feel like I need to watch it again. There's no, I don't know. And I feel like I usually you're the one who, who gets the things and like understands how to watch stuff. Yeah. And I I, don't, I don't think it's, I'm not like struggling with, um, the overall plot. It's actually, it's not, I don't, I don't even like to say, I don't want to use that word because I'm not struggling through this show. I really like watching the show. I liked watching it again. I don't usually watch TV shows again. Yeah, I know. Um, well, that's not true. That's a big lie. Uh, so but right away, like, I'm not going to watch it. Like I'll go back and rewatch all every episode of psych or whatever, but, <laughs> um, you know, to have watched it over four weeks and then go back and be like, and I can just watch it. Like I can do that with movies. Like yeah. we left Logan and I wanted to go back in the theater and watch it again. I know that was it's, funny. <laughs> um, I mean, not that you had to drag me to the car or anything, but, <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't know. It's 
the the show is just it's still really good um looking forward to watching uh, again probably not tonight probably tomorrow um well, no, you won't be here. The we'll watch it again. We're going to have to soon. watch it. Well, we'll have to watch it separately. I think coming yeah. up because because um, it's not going to work out for evenings, right? Unless you want to wait till the weekend and stay up super super late. Harsh. Um, probably not. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but I also don't know how many episodes is it going to be. Like ten, probably. I mean, that seems to be the. Yeah. But yeah. it's nice that there's no set structure on those kinds of things anymore. Yeah. So it's yeah, even end these episodes a, lengths are all different. Yeah. I mean, we watch it via the app without commercials. So yeah, I don't but know even how, still, well, yeah, I mean, but some are like incredibly long. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, uh, it's what's really nice about that. Non, you know, num- numerical episode structure is that the, the story can end where it needs to end at the time that it needs to end. So it makes for amazing television. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's great about Logan too, uh, because it's kind of set apart from the X universe. Like they still have that um, kind of baggage, I guess, but it is the end of that Wolverine story. Like they've made it clear. um, So they're not kind of beholden to anything else. But moving from, I guess, Legion, unless you had anything else. No, no. We can talk about Royal City real quick before we get into Logan. Right. I don't have, well, I feel like I have more notes on Royal City than I have on the other things. I just don't really have too much to say. As much to say. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, we don't really know where it's going. I don't even really know what the story's about. Right. I actually didn't even put it on our poll list. Like, I I was kind of up in the air about it and saw it on the shelf, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll grab it. Maybe we can wait till it's a trade or something, because I don't need to, I don't know if we need to keep up with the monthlies, and it's more, um... Yeah, I'm adding quite a few titles as they come up on the, um, in the previous catalog and not removing enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's easier for me to follow when we get things in a collected work. Um, and then it saves a little bit of space, I think (laughs) physically just in our life. And, um, also it costs less to do it that way, I think overall. Um, but Royal city, do you want to start? Sure. So it's, it's written, drawn, um, you know, inked by and colored, I think by Jeff Lemire, um, who, so it's, I like the art in this book. Me too. And it, you know, he does the art for Scott Snyder's, uh, after death. Um, and he probably has a bunch of input as far as writing it too. But, uh, right, so I'm reading, I've read recently two books, um, where he's done the art. So it wasn't a, a huge like adjustment or whatever, quote unquote for me, because, you know, I mean, he talks about how, um, how, how much negative feedback he got on his art style when he first started, because it's just so different from, it's more like in a, it looks more like Matt. King I was just going to say, really? He got, because like, I think I it's, feel like it's like, it was probably it, a while ago that he got started too, where it was, okay. um, you know, you know, a little harder maybe to, to, to break into a mainstream comic book. Um, yes. You know. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, but, uh, the, and the only other name, I think, as far as um, the credits in the book where Steve Wands did the lettering, which is funny because we don't talk about letterers all that often, but we just did talk about him because of uh, 
All-Star Batman, uh, the Mr. Freeze issue. He did the lettering mm-hmm. in that. Well, I think a lot of times they don't hire a letterer anymore, depending on the book. And it depends on like the collaboration, whether they want a letterer. A lot of that stuff is put in digitally later. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, I mean, so the book itself is, um, at least the first issue, it's, it's about this um, Pike family who either lives in Royal City or are converging back on Royal that's City. So, it's so interesting that that's the starting point for you to describe the story. Because when I wrote it down, I have a different angle. Like? That I said, it's a story about this boy named Tommy. Right. Um, but who is, you know, part of the bike or what was part of the bike. No, I know. But like, yeah. I'm more, that's just interesting because yeah. I can see how it's both ways. Right. You know? Um, but I feel like it, like the main focus is on this Tommy person. I mean, yeah, it's very- I get, that is interesting because to me, the, uh, you know, and like you said, we don't know where the story is going. But to me, the story is about the family and how they were affected by this person, not that person specifically. Um, I've, I mean, I, I have that too, but like the other way. Yeah. So like what Tommy becomes in, and whether like, I don't even know if like he's real or not. Cause it does say Royal city's weird, but like, you know, like perception projection, um, like expectation how that like forms him yeah um so i mean i thought the most i don't want to say the most interesting i thought a very interesting part of the book was the two pages of kind of an essay that um jeff lemire put in the back you know he starts off by saying doesn't usually write in the back of the books but felt like he needed to for this because he's worked on the story for a year and a half it's funny i read that sentence and then stopped reading (laughs) (laughs) um but, you know, he talks about how he wanted to do another story um, kind of about, quote unquote, real people, but not it's not like a slice of life thing. It's like he said it's going to have, you know, crime and ghosts and sci fi and fantasy, but it's none of those. It's not a genre piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about this Essex County book that he, you know, is a graphic novel, I guess, that he wrote um, uh, a decade or so ago. And, you know why he's not just returning to that material and he's a different person wants to, um, write this new book and talks about just, uh, you know, how long it took for him to get here. That's where it also talks about his, you know, art criticism when he was coming up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like Royal city is just going to be this kind of weird place. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a character, so to speak, like Gotham is and Scott Snyder's Batman, but it's just supposed to be like a, a weird place, I guess, in the regular world. But I, we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, but I mean, as far as the book goes, it's, you know, he does this little trick with the narration at the beginning and the narration throughout the book. And at, at the end, you kind of find out where the narration is coming from and, um, or specifically not even just the character, but, you know, where that text came from mm-hmm. per se. Um See, us having this discussion about this right now makes the book more interesting to me. And yeah. Yes. Because I kind of was like, yeah, it's interesting, but, like, what's the point? Where is it going? There's not really much 
in the way of um, where the the story is moving. Right. Like you just have yeah, it's, sort it's, of a snapshot. It's like an intro to everything that, you know, is to come, but we don't know what that is. So it's just set up basically. And it's a pretty thick book. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think we should, you know, maybe get the first trade and, and, and we can and revisit see, then. Yeah. See what happens. But um, I guess we'll probably, unless you had anything else, we'll move on to Logan. No. Good. Sweet. Logan was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard you say that before. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't what, even know how to talk about this movie. Yeah, I guess we'll... Just the brief overview is, you know, they kind of... It's in the future from where the X-Men universe, universe is kind of taking place, although there was Days of Future Past, which is... I think it one of the reasons up that the same way that Star Trek mixes things up. Yeah, yeah, I get it. One of the reasons that, um, you know, it's good that this is the end of this particular run on the character is, you know, maybe it'll kind of reboot, reset yeah, his timeline, everything, um, because the timeline in the X Men films, uh, not to mention the fact that some of the X Men films are really um, not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> by some you mean one in particular uh no i mean we've talked about it before how the x-men just the movie franchise has not really been my favorite um, yeah i don't know yeah but so i guess so it's set in this future it kind of mixes um a lot of people's you know because it's in the future and hugh jackman or wolverine or logan is older um they compare it to this old man logan storyline and there's there's new old man logan books but the original story i guess was mark millar they also kind of i think more than pulling on the story for that it's more like a no more mutants kind of storyline mm-hmm. um where and you know this happens seems pretty frequently in marvel comics where the mutants are um either almost completely wiped out or just endangered by like the Terrigen mist from the inhuman stuff or whatever. In this case, there's some incident, I guess, you know, they, they made a conscious decision to not um, verbalize specifically what the incident was, but you kind of led to believe that um, maybe Charles Xavier, who's, I feel like that was, a separate thing from what happened to the mutants. I don't know. I didn't, I, I guess it so. doesn't, but they were all converged in one place. Well, was, I mean, if I you're mean, talking about Xavier, it doesn't, they don't have to all be in I one know, place. I know, but they or mention even, it being the incident at Westchester or wherever it is. What, yes. Uh, Although is that where the school is in Westchester? Right. So the thing with the is comic the, books, did I miss that? Yeah, that's where I'm pretty sure Westchester, New York is where the school's supposed to be. Um, oh snap right so in the books like uh there's there's this the no more mutants thing is like this scarlet witch where she you know has no powers no where she whispers no more mutants and then they all just you know are dead or disappear that's a separate storyline i'm just saying like and there's also a storyline from old man logan where mysterio mind controls or tricks Wolverine and he ends up killing all the X-Men in the movie. 
you know, Xavier's old and kind of mentally uh, unstable at this point, and, and they say how his yeah. right seizures, and they say how his mind is now classified as his weapon of mass destruction. Um, but anyway, it's you know, it starts off in that place where, um, you know, Xavier is sick, uh, Logan is sick and old, and um, you know, the mutants are. Um, either dead or being hunted by the government. Uh, Did we give away too much just now? Talking? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot going on in the movie, and so I don't know. For first, your overall impression as far as where this might rank, you know, against other superhero movies. What do you think? Is it? Oh, I can't do that. That's not me. Like I just don't <laughs> have that. It's just, I mean, it's just so different. Yeah, too. It's, it is very different. I feel like it's more a story about, I mean, I know that all the superhero stories are about something else as well, but like right. this really is a story about like family. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of people are discussing now is, is the R rating and, um, you know, comparing it to, to the, the Deadpool R rating and how successful these two movies have been. Um, and whether that's going to be a trend uh, versus just, you know, what certain characters require. Right. I feel like. Which I think is more the case. I feel like with this movie, it's R-rated because of violence. And while there's a lot of violence, I, I want to note, I don't think it's gratuitous violence. I right. think it is like a representation of how these people are being persecuted and what they really would have to face. Right. If, I mean, like, and you it's, know, hundreds of people like hunting you down and it's just three against these hundreds. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing with what, just what the story and particularly this character require, you know, this is um, obviously the closest to, uh, you know, the comic book version of Wolverine that a movie has gotten from not only violence and seeing, you know, all the other movies, you know, you get a basic idea, but if somebody actually had razor sharp adamantium claws, people, would you be. know, what would happen to somebody who right. came up against <laughs> that? Um, but also just, you know, the language and all that stuff, which is not necessary in a lot of superhero films it really just fits the character and what's happening. So right. I think it's not going to be a trend so much as just, you know, that's what's appropriate for yeah. the story. Mm -hmm. And now that they know, and it's good that they know that it works though, like movie studios or whatever, that they can, you know, do the story the way it should be. But right. Um, boy, I don't know. Yeah. One of the, so obviously there's the Xavier, Xavier and Logan storyline where Logan is basically just trying to protect Xavier um, and take care of him at the same time. Um, and then X 23, you know, obviously figures prominently in the movie, but um, is, I don't know. It, she's uh, great. Yeah. So <laughs> she's very cool. I don't know. Um, She's, I don't think it's giving too much away to say this either. She's a, a clone of Wolverine. No, um, not really clone. Not in this storyline. 
Well, they, they use his, his genetic, DNA. Yeah. So, but she was like born in a person, so she's right. Partly, I mean, like she's got like half of someone else's DNA as well. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing is in 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 the comic books because I haven't really read um, too many origin stories of, about her or anything. I don't she know if she's a ever female clone. Yeah, I don't know if she's ever like a child though, where she hooks up with with Logan. I feel like she's always been like a young adult at least. Yes. Um, I did. You know, there. Uh, her first appearance was actually in a X Men Evolution cartoon, like back in two thousand four ish. Really, season three of that, and um, you know, listening to a, a couple podcasts, I heard that the Yost and um, Kyle uh, six issue origin story on X twenty three Innocence Lost is really good, but for the movie, she's a young girl who you know. Basically, there's this group of experimental grown mutants that the government wanted to use as super soldiers or whatever. And, you know, they're trying to shut that down. And so all the kids escape and her caretaker is tracking down Wolverine and wants him to take care of her because she knows she's not going to be able to. Uh, the the little girl who, who plays her, I thought was really good. Good choice. Yeah. I don't know who she is, but uh, Daphne Keen, I think her name was, and she only had like one other credit from her IMDb page. I don't remember what it was, but she is um, clearly, you know, the new Wolverine, basically, yeah. and she's very, um, very much like him, very feral, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, uh, violent. And boy, the fight scenes, the action sequences in this movie are are really good. Um, especially, especially with her, cause it could probably look pretty. I like what they've done good. with like the difference though, is that she has started out young with a family sort of, you know, right. friends, her fellow mutants. And so that gives her a different point of view on the world, even at such a young age than what Wolverine has in yeah. his old age. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's, no innocence lost yet. Right. But but it has Except been. Except for all but, the people she's killed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. I mean, you can. She doesn't. She still has like. There's still that glimmer of like idealism yeah. for the world. Whereas Wolverine's but, lost all of that. Yeah. You can tell she's seen some shit. Like even like. In the beginning. When you first see her. Because. Uh, she's you know. When, hot mess. And she's when she's crazy. just sitting there eating cereal in the kitchen. And the, there's like a team of soldiers converging she on her. She just keeps eating just her like cereal. Watching them out of the corner of her eye. And then it's a really great scene. Very good. Yeah. That was that scene, their escape from that warehouse where they're kind of holed up or whatever was, was really good. And that was one of the first times I noticed. And then I, I noticed throughout the movie, I don't typically, well, I guess I've said this before, so I, maybe I do, maybe I'm more, notice uh the score of a movie now than i have in the past i but still don't notice like i notice i don't the score in this movie is was pretty good like that um where they're dr- trying to drive away where they try to drive through the fence and the fence just won't give yeah but the whole you know through that whole scene there's this like really um discordant like piano in the background that um is really good the marco Beltrami did the the score. What's interesting to me is if you like every once in a while you purchase a score and then we listen to it and then I can like feel what's happening in the movie from where I watched it, but I can't pull that 
like you do, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, this is what was happening and this is the music that was going along with it. No. So that's kind of, um, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you should be. It's, it's a rare talent. talent. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, there really is just a lot in this movie. There's the X24, the actual clone clone of Wolverine, which um, you know he's kind of got a big part to play in the movie, but it's, he's a very secondary um, thing overall. Like he right. doesn't. He just kind of drives um, a, a certain plot point, um, which is fine. You know, it's uh, right. I mean, serves his purpose. It's yeah. Functional. And, you know, I guess ultimately um, this is the last Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie. And uh, makes me sad. It, Yeah. I mean, he is so good in this movie. And I, th- um, I mean, he, I, f- I feel like he really cares about the character. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's done it for 17 years. It's like the longest run on a single character by an actor, I think, is I read that somewhere. But um, did you see the clip? It's circulating on like Twitter and Facebook, where it's maybe only 20 or 30 seconds of him doing um, the sound in a studio for the the scene where he's running oh, through the woods. I skipped over it, but I did see it. Oh, you should watch it because it's pretty good. <laughs> it's entertaining because he's you know making all the uh, movements and noises and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. just in the studio at while he's watching the scene play out. And it's really, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, he, he really nails it. The James Mangold who, who wrote and directed this one and the Wolverine movie that we just, um, right. I just saw for the first time last week. Yeah. We watched it in preparation for, <laughs> for Logan, which you don't really need to, but um, yeah, it was, it was great. And so I don't know, I guess, a good way to close out the discussion. So we don't talk about the specifics in the movie too much. Um, there's, there's been a lot of like comparisons, um, to the, the superhero movie, the blockbuster superhero movie, you know, has obviously taken off. And, um, there are criticisms about not just the wanton destruction or whatever, and the dark tone of DC movies versus, how much intricate detail and planning and so many different things are going on in Marvel movies, but just, you know, complaints about maybe even just the effect on the movie industry overall and the loss of that middle movie, Mm -hmm. um, middle budget movie. But so there's been a lot of comparisons up to this point that I've even heard before this movie came out to, to Westerns. Um, you know, back in the day, how they were just like churning them out and mm-hmm. easy to make. And I think superhero movies are probably a little more expensive. Than right. The I was gonna say, were, easy but, to make seems like a stretch, but, but, uh, you know, and then there was this, um, this point where Westerns kind of flipped the switch and became kind of these prestige movies like the unforgiven. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's, you know, what we're seeing with some of these, um, even in something like Deadpool where they allow a creator to do something different, right. but the Western theme for Logan is, is pretty clear. I mean, the, I mean, it's not even like implicit, like it's not even implicit. It's explicit in the movie where they reference Shane, they're watching the movie Shane. Mm-hmm. And we, when they were, when they were watching it and they were talking about Shane and um, at the end of the movie, how he's, you know, there's this, 
misconception that he rides off into the sunset alive. Um, I remembered hearing that conversation somewhere before, and I don't watch a lot of Westerns, but um, it was was another movie, the negotiator with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, But they definitely, you know, are using those Western kind of themes as a template. Yeah. Tropes as a, as a template here. And, you know, the, the quote that X 23 says at the end, I didn't know that that was from Shane. Oh Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, she was watching it. No, she was watching it. Oh, did they? Yeah. I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. We went went to see it at the Alamo draft. Oh, I did. You did get get up up. and use the restroom. (laughs) So that could have been where. Okay. So I had to read that to find that out, but you knew that already. Yes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, holy cow, movie was great. It was. And I mean, all of the, the death in this movie, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, going back to what you said about like wanton destruction and people dying and that being a criticism of other movies in the superhero genre. And like this one, I think that it plays a specific role in, 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 um, portraying like the sacrifice and the risk that and like the heavy, heavy reality that, that these characters have to live with. So, um, I don't know. Oh, I mean, this was really good and I probably would go see it again, even in the theater, right? which I very rarely do. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I, well, I mean, maybe we should do that. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess that'll probably wrap it up. So, uh, do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. Um, well, uh, Logan was awesome. Legion is awesome. Legion is awesome. Royal city has yet to be determined. Emily Blunt is awesome. Still fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. When does Mary Poppins come out? I don't know. All I saw, you know, I sent you that picture. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>